0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Well, we are continuing our series, Behold. And uh, it was started with our song, Behold Messiah. And I do wanna say this all week long, wherever I went, people would see me and they're like, behold. And I was like, behold. And we were saying behold. It was like, roll tide, roll tide. It was like, you know, behold. I was just, it was fun to do that. And uh, it was everywhere. And uh, even the, the guy that is renting uh, the outpost to us in our Chaska campus put this up on our side. Go ahead and show the picture of this. He just went for it and said, behold, put it right there on the <laughs> sign below River Valley. You're just driving right by and there you go. So we are in this series and it's four part series. And I do have Another confession, last week I confessed that Christmas series are very hard to do and uh, because it's the same message, it's incredible, but we hear it year after year and I'm looking for something new and behold is it. But this is my confession for this week. When we were looking at uh, Behold Messiah, the song that we love that our church wrote and uh, you can get it on all the platforms, we were looking at the song and then we said, that's the word, the word's gonna be behold this year, that's gonna be the word and we've got four weeks and Pastor Kirk and I were just sitting there talking, and I said, hey, Run that through AI right now. Run that, run that through AI and ask what it would do for a four-part series. Some of you are worried right now. You're right, worried. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay." And so he ran it through there and said, what would you do for a four-part series? Use the word we heard, and, you know, you have to ask other questions, and did that. And it came back with four-part series, and we looked at each other, and we're like, that's really good. That's really good. Like, we're going to do that. Now, we still have to write the sermons, okay? We still have to preach the sermon. Somebody's walking out. Don't walk out. It's just AI. It's okay, it's okay, it's all good, all right, uh, all right. We still have to pray over him, we still have to do all that stuff, all right? But the outline came from AI and my mom is angry. All right, let's go, we're moving on. All right, it's okay, it's okay. All right, for this week, it's last week was Behold, and I'll get you caught up to speed, but this week is Behold the Preparation. Behold the Preparation, now last week, we just looked at the word Behold, and we found out that it was used over a thousand times in the Bible, um, meaning really like, hey you, look. Be sure to see this, don't miss this. There's something that adds force to it and it's attention grabbing. It it usually precedes something that is a a pretty big moment. And we saw that the first behold was in Genesis when God said behold, everything was good. And then um, we talked about the Old Testament beholds, New Testament, and I talked about the one behold uh, the Lamb of God, and I kind of did it, you know, John the Baptist doing it like, uh, somebody said, you sounded like Michael Buffer, like, behold, the Lamb of God! And I thought, if I could have done it in the moment, I would have said, let's get ready for forgiveness! But I didn't, I missed it. So I had to do it this week, all right. And th- there, I want you to understand, there's so much preparation for the birth of Jesus. And if you're familiar, you would say, let's go to the story like with um, Zechariah in the temple, and we'll get there, or you say, let's go to Mary, but I wanna go back, way back to the first prophetic moment talking about the birth of Jesus. Not Not God speaking in Genesis, but the first prophetic moment, and we're gonna go to a very unfamiliar spot. In Numbers chapter 24, that's where we're going, we're going to find a glimpse into a behold of Jesus. Now, if you're thinking about who's in Numbers chapter 24, and if you get there and you look, you'll find out that there's a guy by the name of Balaam. And Balaam is a non-Israelite. He's a prophet or seer. He has the ability to hear from God. He has the ability to prophesy things and to speak things. And even though he's not an Israelite, he has this ability. And if you don't know what Balaam's famous for, um, if you skipped Sunday school and you missed it, Balaam is famous for having a talking donkey, all right? And if you don't know the story, in Numbers 22, Balaam is uh, aligning with the prince of Moab. And the prince of Moab wants him to curse Israel. And he's like, I'm just going to say what God says, but he's greedy. And so he's thinking, maybe I'll prophesy something for some money. And God's not happy with Balaam. And so as Balaam is on his way, on his donkey, he's on his way to go to work with the prince of Moab to prophesy against Israel, God's angry, and he sends an angel with a sword, and the angel's standing in the road going to, to kill Balaam, and his donkey runs into the field. And Balaam's like whipping his donkey, you stupid donkey, you know, the donkey's going in the field, and goes around the angel. And then they get into a, a road, and there's a, a building on each side, and the, and the donkey can see the angel, And it goes way over to the side and crushes his leg. And and he's like whipping his donkey. And but the donkey's like sees the angel and 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 then the third time, the the angel is standing in like a really narrow spot, ready to take out Balaam because God's angry with him. And the donkey just lays down. And Balaam is like beating the dog, like, get up, donkey! And the donkey turns around and talks to him. See, this donkey was donkey before donkey was donkey and shrek. You know what I'm talking about? and he starts talking, he's like, what are you doing? Like, have I not been a good donkey to you? And he's like, yes, you have. And he said, if I had a sword, though, I would kill you. I'm like, think about it, he's got a talking donkey. (laughs) He's either a millionaire or having a breakdown. One of those things is happening right now. And he's like, look at it, like, and he's talking to the donkey, and then he sees the angel. And the angel says, this donkey has kept you alive. You are gonna go to the prince of Moab, and if you go to him you better only say what God tells you to say. He's like, okay, 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 so that's what he's famous for. And then in chapter 24, here's the thing that's incredible. This pagan guy who is a non-Israelite, who is prophetic, gets the opportunity to have a glimpse of Jesus. Of all the people that God would pick, and we'll get there in a minute, he picks this guy. And as he's prophesying, as Moab is trying to get him to prophesy against Israel, and he's like, nope, I'm downloading things from God right now, and it's not bad, and it's good. And then he says this in verse 17. I see him, and he's speaking of Jesus, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. In all this preparation, in all this that's going on, God's like, I'm gonna use Balaam, a non-Israelite guy, to have a prophetic moment to talk about my son coming. I'm gonna put a big behold in this moment. And, and just to be clear, um, we talked about behold like two ways. Behold, like, pay attention, don't miss this. But also we talked about behold, like to be captured by it. Like when I illustrated with looking at Becca in the wedding, like, behold, to, to gaze, and, and he's like getting a glimpse, he's like, behold, I behold him, I'm seeing the one, I'm seeing Jesus. He didn't know it, but he's like, I see him, the star. And in the Orient in those days when they set a star that was used much for kings, he was saying, I see a king. I see the king. And it's crazy that, that God would use a pagan non-Israelite, to have this prophetic moment to point us to Jesus. It's, it's, It's absolutely amazing, and I believe this prophecy was about Jesus. Some would say it might have been about David, but I believe it was about Jesus because the ancient Jewish writers said, this is about the Messiah. And the early church said, this is about Jesus. And when I look at the star, and I look at the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, I'm like, this was about Jesus, and I'm thinking, why, why Balaam? And I'm not the only one. A lot of people throughout history were like, why Balaam? Why Balaam? One theologian said like, well, God could use his donkey, he could use him. All right, you know, that's one way to look at it. Martin Luther was so bothered, he's struggling like, why would God use Balaam to give us a glimpse into like the greatest behold ever that's coming, Jesus? And then he said, well, I guess truth isn't dependent on the worthiness of the person. But she's like, God will just use us. God uses imperfect vessels. And by the way, God uses imperfect vessels everywhere you look. We're all imperfect, but he uses us. Another theologian said, like, when he was reflecting about Balaam, he said, a blind man may have a torch in one hand, whereby others may receive benefit, though he himself receives none. It's like you can actually do something or say something that benefits all sorts of other people and you never get the benefit. But it's amazing that the first prophetic look into the King Jesus coming is in Numbers 24. And then with this preparation of like coming up to Jesus, we're getting to Jesus and we'll get to his birth in a, in a little bit here. But we jumped to Isaiah 7:14, which we used last week. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's in Isaiah, but then we have in Jeremiah 31, 31, some more prophetic insight into Jesus being born, and it starts with a behold. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. God is letting his people know that a new covenant is coming, and it's, he's giving, again, prophetic insight to like, guys, there's a behold coming. Like you you don't realize it, but Balaam talked about it and Isaiah talked about it. And of course, Isaiah predates Jeremiah. So now Jeremiah's like, I'm talking about it. And God's like, here, it's coming, it's coming. Let me read the the whole... Been around Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people and no longer shall each... One teaches his neighbor and each his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. He's pointing to the forgiveness of Jesus, all these beholds that are happening, and they're all pointing. And then now we get to the familiar part of what we'd look at every Christmas, Mary and the angel Gabriel. I and mean, we are getting to this behold, we're just, We're just boom, boom, boom. God's like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then we get to this, and I still think it's pretty awesome that Balaam was used. I mean, I I had no clue that that was it until I jumped into this. Now, Mary gets a giant behold, all right? This is big, and I just wanna read the whole passage in Luke chapter one, 26 through 38. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Uh, The angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And here we go. And behold... There's so much to unpack in this. I mean, all the preparation of getting to this moment, and then God sends Gabriel to say, here we go, here we go. Here comes the beholds that are really gonna add up and stack up and that are gonna change the world. And just before we get into that, there's so much to unpack. Um, I just wanna share this about angelic visits are rare, okay? But when they happen, they usually are like this. There's an entrance of the heavenly message messenger, there's perplexity and fear from the person who sees them all right it makes sense right and then there's a deliverance of a heavenly message to the person then usually the people object all right like uh da da like even zechariah like wait a minute how could this be uh, my wife and i are old and there's usually an objection and then there's reassurance and a sign so all this is happening and mary gets this behold and it's like Behold, you will have a son. God has been pre- preparing this moment. Behold, your cousin is also pregnant as the forerunner. Like, God's like all this preparation going on. And, and and it's 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 an amazing thing that is happening all this. And can I just stop for a moment? Some of you wonder, is God working behind the scenes? Are you kidding me? Do you know the preparation? Like, God is moving pieces and things you have no clue. You have no clue. And you think, look at where I just made it. God's like, no, I put you on that platform. You know, like are you understand? like all this is going on. So there's all these beholds that are going on. Now, I don't want to miss this because it's a whole nother sermon, but the verse is so strong in verse 37. Nothing will be impossible with God. Somebody needs to hear that too. Somebody need to hear that. So we're like... You're hearing the story of Christmas and you just needed to hear that. And there's all sorts of other things to behold, and, and, but you needed to hear that, and you needed to grab hold of that. But back to Mary, she's in this moment and God has been preparing this moment with all these prophetic insights, and then he picks Mary. And I love the honesty of Mary, like her questioning is not like, like Zechariah's like, come on angel, like can God do this? Because I'm old and my wife is old, and the angel's like, I'm offended that you question God, and now you can't speak until he's born, all right? Mary's like this, like, do they teach biology in heaven? Like, that's what she's like, do you got, like, do you, do you know how this works, okay? Because I, like I'm a virgin, and, like, I'm not sure angels know, okay? And he's like, we got this, we got this, all right? So she wasn't like... How can God do this? But she was like, I, I, I'm just trying to figure out the math here, all right? I'm trying to figure out how this works. All right, it was an honest, good question. And what's incredible about all this is here we are in this moment, Mary is like having a million thoughts and the angel's like, behold, behold, uh, you're gonna have a baby, behold, your cousin is pregnant, behold, And she's like, I'll take your two beholds, and I'll raise you another behold. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. How amazing is that? I mean, she's just shocked with an angelic visit. And again, if you look through, like, Gideon, like, oh, mighty man. Mighty man? I'm not a mighty man. Are you kidding me? I'm not a mighty man. Pick somebody else, you know? And Mary, in this moment, angelic visit, all this, behold, behold, this is it, and this is the biggie. This is the what, this is the Messiah. She's like, Gabriel basically quotes word for word of Isaiah seven fourteen to her. And if she's studying the, the word of God, she's like, wait a minute, I've heard that, I know, wait. And, and she's like, I hear those two beholds, that I'm gonna have a baby, and my cousins, and I say to you, behold, I'm a servant of the Lord, I wanted to have it done according to your word. This is incredible. She is 13 to 15 years old, somewhere in that range. And she's like, I'm gonna do this. It's a normal day. She's not like prepped up. There were no advanced prophecies like, guess what? It's coming soon. He's down to picking two. You're one of the finalists. None of that. None of that, It's like normal day. I don't know what she was doing, getting water, something, I don't know. And, and she's just by herself and the angel appears just having a normal day, which by the way, I've noticed this in the Bible, the, like these behold moments are preceded by very normal days. Some of you are complaining about being faithful. I'm faithful, I'm faithful, I'm faithful. When is God gonna use me? I'm faithful, I'm faithful, I'm faithful. And it's just a normal day, another day, I'm teaching class, I'm teaching the kids. You know. I've noticed that these behold moments are preceded by a lot of normal days. Some of you just need to stay faithful, faithful, faithful. Again, remember God's moving pieces, God's moving pieces. He's preparing, he's got you where he wants you and he's moving things around. The angel says, you're gonna be picked by God. You are picked by God and you're gonna have a baby. And she's like, I've, I've never, I'm a virgin. And he's like, right, you're gonna have a baby. And she's like, do it. Now think about this, of the, think of the shame. She's, she's now going to be like, I'm pregnant, and she's got to tell Joseph. Think about this, of all the beholds in there, like there was no, and behold, I've talked, into, I've talked to Joseph too, don't worry. Like, you know, He's going to get it later, but in that moment, she didn't even get, behold, Joseph's good, behold, your parents are fine. There's no parent behold. There's no town gossip behold. but she's like, I'll take it. I, I want whatever God wants, I'm doing, I'm going to go for this. Even if my husband-to-be abandons me, I want to do this. Wow. I mean, I, I, like most of us, when, we, when God says, here's what I want you to do, you're kind of like, wait, 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 speak to my parents if you're going to call me to... Oman, speak to my parents, talk to them, talk to my boss, I need a raise, talk to my kids, talk to my, talk to my, talk to my, I need 27 beholds before I can move. And, and she's like, I, I will behold. Joseph didn't even get, now, how many, thank God that Joseph did get a behold, right? He gets a, a couple of them in Matthew chapter one, the angel of the Lord speaks to him in a dream, and he's like, you get a behold. And I'm just, as I'm reading this story, it's like, Mary gets to behold, Joseph gets a hold, a behold, Zechariah gets to behold, Elizabeth gets to behold. I mean, even when she meets Mary, she's like, behold, the baby in my womb will leapt. I mean, it's like you get a behold, you get to behold, you get, you know, everybody gets to behold, right? But not her parents, not the town, not the not the other like, wow. Mary, without any of this, says, Behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So let's take a lesson from Mary in the preparation of this, like Mary's there, ready. God's been preparing, he's used Balaam, he's used Isaiah, he's used Jeremiah, we're coming to this moment and now he comes on the scene and he's got to behold going with Zechariah and Elizabeth and now he comes to Mary and he has this and Mary does a couple of things. First of all, she has faith without understanding. You just have to have faith, like people say like, how do you know that God will take care of you if you go there? And you're like, I have faith in God. I don't understand it all. Why why would God call you to do that? I I don't understand fully, but I have faith in my God. And I'm gonna move forward without understanding how it's all gonna play out. She obeyed even though it cost her dearly. And I just wanna speak to us, let's obey. In the moment that God speaks to us, even though it would cost us dearly, we're like, God, we, we obey. She trusted in God's purpose. He's like, I'm bringing the savior of the world. And some of you need to trust in his purpose. Why does he want you to go there? Because those people need to hear about Jesus. Why does he want you to sacrifice that? Because he wants you to live blessed to be a blessing. Why does he want you to open your mouth? Because he put you in that place for a reason. She does it. And then the other thing is, she's truly excited for this. And can I just say this too? Whenever God calls us to do stuff, let's be excited about it. I see people like, well, gotta give it, I guess. You know, you told me to give it, you know. I guess it's more blessed to give than to receive. All right, we'll give it. I mean, what if, I mean, like Mary's wife telling you, yeah, yeah, I know, reputation ruined. You know, that's me, I said yes, you know. She didn't do that. She was excited. Now, you know how we can prove that? Because she sings the first Christmas carol ever, if you think about it in Luke chapter one, verses 46 through 55. This is what she says, I'll just read a couple of verses. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humblest state of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. She's like, I'm excited. I get to do this. We say this around River Valley a lot with our team. We get to do this. We get to do this. God is asking me to do this. I get to give. I get to go. I get to serve. I get to have this moment to bring glory to my God that I love so much. Beautiful. Man, I I just want you to know that God has you in your workplace, your school, maybe in government, in, 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 in sports, in your neighborhood. He's gonna use you and then there's gonna be a behold moment that's gonna come to you. There's gonna be a behold moment. I don't know, probably won't have an angel. It'll probably look a lot more like Daniel in the lion's den, to be honest. You know, like, And you're like, ah, oh, I think I'm losing my job, but I'm speaking up and I'm gonna say, I got it, I'm not, I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed. You're gonna get to your moment and in your behold moment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray that you won't be quiet. I'm gonna pray that when you get to your behold moment, you're gonna like, we get to do this. Do you believe that God is positioned into the place that we get to do this? I'm gonna pray that you'll raise your voice and you'll say, yep, I'm a Christian. Yep, I'm not ashamed. Yes, I believe. Yes, I will endure the scorn and shame. I am the Lord's servant. Behold, behold, behold. That's what I'm praying for. That's the way we need to live. And I believe this. Every single one of us gets a behold moment. I really do. I believe there's behold moments. And again, they're different degrees. But God has some of you in in, in the loading dock because he needs a behold there. And God has some of you in corporate America because he needs to behold there. And he has some that are overseas because he needs to behold there. And he has you in your neighborhood because he needs to behold there. And he's like, when I give you a behold moment, will you throw back the behold to me? And say, behold, I'm ready. I'm ready for this moment. I'm ready to speak up. I'm ready to say, I'm your servant. Use me. So God, I pray right now for a boldness in your church that we would behold you as our savior and we'd be ready for those behold moments. Lord, you have been preparing us for these behold moments. And so God, I'm praying for that, that we would be ready for our behold moment. So Lord Jesus, I am just praying now that we'd look at this. There was so much preparation going into this moment. And I pray that we draw strength from this right now, that you are preparing things, that you are not caught off guard, and that if we wonder, are you at work? Yes, you are at work. And I'm praying for those moments that we'd be ready to see your hand at work. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm praying for that, that we would have those moments and we'd be ready. Lord, I pray for those that believe that have already asked you to forgive them of their sins, they've had that moment, I pray that they would behold you, that they would see you in your glory, they would be in awe, they would look at you and just be stopping what they're doing and giving you the focus that you need, and as they behold you, they would then be ready for their behold moments. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you that Mary said yes, And we thank you, God, for her obedience. And we learn from it and say, God, when we get those moments, let us say, behold, we're your servants. Let it be according to your word. We get to do this. It is a joy that we get to do this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.